If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Grab your popcorn and sit back. <laughs> Jump the gun. Oh, no, give me more than that. Okay, go this way. That was dumb. Look we are. Tuesday to everyone in the sports universe. It is June the 14th, 2022. This is AM Drive on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and we are live. For CME Action and Aaron Crouch, I am Michael Carvalho saying, how are you boys feeling this morning? It's a good day, Mike. It's always a good day. Golden State won, and that game was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I called Golden State for a win, and I bet a little bit on them at minus four. So, yeah, money is money. I take it. Love that. Um, who's got the best morning show ever, though? These guys? These guys? Uh, yeah, every, no, I every one of you guys, all of us. <laughs> all you're, of the best all. Show. you're the best morning show. <laughs> um, to shop the best morning show's merchandise, it's a pretty low price. Go to amdrive.online. And you too can get mugs, you can get shirts, you can get hoodies. I'm telling you what, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Aim's rather online. And a black edition mug. Aaron's got it. Well, I think it's Go so along sweet. with this awesome hoodie. Ooh, two pack, two pack. Yeah, go to aimdrive.online. Okay, well, let's get into it, boys. Um, game five of the NBA Finals was pretty um I Sammy is good the right word here because at least it was close, right? It, it really wasn't close though. I mean, you had a really good third quarter. The third quarter was actually very well played. It was right. exciting. It was back and forth. Jordan Poole hits that three at the end of the third and gives Golden State all the momentum after blowing a big lead. I mean, it was a good third quarter. The fourth quarter was an abomination. It wasn't even a close game at that point. And the referees completely took over the game, blew the whistle every opportunity, and all the calls were one-sided. And look, I bet Golden State. I predict the Golden State. I think Golden State's going to win the series. So I have a little skin in the game, and I watched that game, and I felt terrible for Boston. I thought the referees completely shanked them, gave them no chance to win this game. It was terrible. And Aaron, initial thoughts on the game? So I look at this situation, and – you know, Boston has a good team. Obviously, they're they're you know they're in the finals for a reason. It's three two at the time. It was two two, but it looks to me like Golden State has just been doing this all playoff long. You know, we talk about you know I know that Mike's chomping at the bit to talk about Steph Curry, so I'll leave that up on a tee for him. But I mean, look at the other guys who come in and just uh, you know pick up their leader, Andrew Wiggins, best game potentially of his career here. I mean, we were talking about this guy being a bust until he got to Golden State. Clay Thompson puts twenty one up on the board. And, uh, you know, the rest of the guys just pick up their leader. And it doesn't seem like we've seen that a lot of that in previous finals past. If the star is not putting up a 40-piece or a 50-piece, Giannis, LeBron, KD, etc., it just ain't happening for, for that team. But it seems to be happening for Golden State, and it's been happening all the way since the beginning of the playoffs. I mean, remember, don't forget, this was a team where Steph Curry was coming off the bench and this team was just cruising along. And it's been 
a little bit of a joy to watch, watch a team like that. Team basketball, the stars are playing like team, uh, like role players. Like Steph Curry last night, 16 and 8, he felt like a third option, a role player. But he's the star. And because they got the win, we don't have to worry about, you know, what happened with Steph and his unfortunate, uh, his unfortunate night shooting from uh, beyond the arc. So I'll piggyback off that by saying this. Um, I know that I was the first to clown Steph Curry and say, well, they were in spite of him. Here's the issue with me saying that, though. Boston from the jump, as flat as they came out, as sloppy as they came out, they were playing good defensively because what they were doing is they were saying, we're making other guys not named Steph Curry beat us tonight. They didn't care if Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson or even Andrew Wiggins went off. There were guys glued to Steph. And I don't know what took them five, four or five games to realize this crap. But if you go under on screens, he's going to shoot a three in your face, morons. So the fact that they were hugging him, wouldn't let him get anything off the screens at all, denying him the ball, that was why he had a bad performance in terms of shooting. It is nice that he had the eight assists, but I do think that Boston's defense should be giving credit for what happened last night. And like I said, they, they wanted others to beat them, and the others did just that. They beat them pretty good. Um, as for the officiating that Sammy talked about, it was bad, and you should feel a little bit dirty. But here's the problem with that. Boston came out so flat, it just – I was saying, watching the first quarter, I was oh, here we go, Golden State's going to win this one. You can tell already they were going to win it. Even if it was like a, a two-point game, Golden State was just making the better, more consistent plays, and I just had to throw in the towel early. I mean, that that's true to an extent. Boston had a lead for most of the third period. They, they were ahead after a big run they went on. And, yeah. you know, like I said, Jordan Poole hits that three at the, at the buzzer, uh, you know, from half court. That gives Golden State the lead going into the fourth. But from there, I think Golden State goes on like an 11-0 run, uh, basically off of the officiating's whistles, right? They, 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 they don't blow a whistle when they push down Marcus Smart in back-to-back plays. Then they do blow a whistle on Marcus Smart. Then he gets called for a ticky-tack technical. Uh, right after the technical, Jordan Poole flops and claims he gets hit in the face. They call an offensive foul on Marcus Smart. Like It was just four or five plays in a row where it just seemed like all the calls went one way and that all of a sudden balloons the lead up to 12 and the game is over. I mean, it was a good game up until that incident, you know, those, that series of plays, but uh, I, I don't know that the game was over prior to that. I mean, it was a close game going into the fourth. Aaron, you mentioned off air prior to the show starting, the NBA has just got a bad product. And part of that is a, a glaring part of that is officiating. How bad is it when the referees – it's one thing to have bad angles. Like, I feel like early in the game when Grant Williams was called for tripping, I feel like the ref might have had a bad angle. Okay, so that's a fair point. What I don't like is whenever the referees are calling the ticky-tack stuff like the flopping. How bad is that for the game if you're a fan that wants to get into it and just feel like you can't do it? Well, it's just, you know, I talk about this with football. You know, it seems like the NFL nowadays, we we always talk about something that happened at the end of the game, whether it's a 
DPI call or a, a holding call that just seems so phantom. The most subjective calls are the ones that dictate the biggest penalty yardage or the biggest part of the game. The NBA, it's all subjective. I mean, what yeah. call are we? What call are you making in an NBA game that's just cut clear and you know clear cut and dry? That's a great every point. time. Every time a player drives the hoop, they got the whistle ready. Every time you know an inbound play, you know, or or, or flagrants or anything, everything is a subjective call. Therefore, everything is subjective to whatever the referees or in my case, whatever the NBA really wants to happen here. Mm. And that's why I think the product is absolutely atrocious. And I refuse to really watch it unless it's just the only thing on. Uh, and I know Sammy and I disagree with this. And, you know, he chooses to take a more uh, pure approach to it. I just, I don't buy it. And that's one of the reasons. And even when I covered the NBA, just will not watch the product. I think it's, I don't want to use the R word, but I think it's controlled. I think it's, I think, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I'll use that R word. I think it's an, an atrocious product. And for me, it's the four out of four. And I would even argue I'd watch something else other than the NBA. If you I watch golf and you know you would. I watch golf. I'll watch NLL. I'll watch anything NLL, I before baby. I watch, before I watch the NBA. It's an atrocious product. And I will continue to say that, but they get what they want. They get eyeballs. They get ratings. They get people talking about it. And Good for them. Sammy, before you respond to that, I do want to kind of play devil's advocate here for Aaron. I will never want to see a sport as rigged, but I thought the person on ESPN I brought up on the show before, they made a great point. No one's saying the athletes go out there and fake it, but they are saying, what if there's a subjective call in enforcing the NBA, like Aaron says, is there is no right or wrong call? What if the NBA prior to the, the previous night, Pete Kerr hands Tony Brothers and Mark Davis an extra, you know, $1,000? You know, so, it, it, those calls are have to be made. No, no, no. So, no, so no. I think the, the concept of officiating being rigged is absolutely ridiculous. These oh. guys make a lot of money. The players all make a lot of money. The NBA makes a lot of money. And I've gone on record numerous times to say they don't care who wins. Uh, they they certainly want a script. They certainly want a narrative. Every sport does. But to go out and say that they are doing things to get the narrative they want to happen, I believe is just absolutely ludicrous. And then Aaron and I disagree on this point. And, you know, I, I certainly, when I watch games like last night, it, it definitely uh, punctures hole in my faith. Uh, but I, it, at the end, these, this is a big business. And nothing that's going to affect the big business uh, and the way it's viewed by the fans uh, is going is going to happen where it can risk any sort of integrity of the game. Uh, so I don't think the NBA has any vested stake in, in what happens. I think they root for something the same way the sports books root for things to happen, but they, they don't they don't I don't think they go out of their way to rig numbers uh, to, to, to make it happen that way. You know they, they have no say in what the actual final outcome is going to be. Um, no, and, and, that and that's not sorry. where I'm at here. I mean, th they've got the finals, but I do. I believe with all my heart that Boston's winning game six, 100%. I think they're going right. to get the maximum value out of this final. And I don't think you're right. I don't think they care who wins at the end. And that, that's why game seven, we might see one of the best games uh, of this series. And maybe in, we deserve in a while. Yeah. So I mean, you guys deserve it. 
the problem with, with, with what you're saying is Boston's going to be the favorite in the game regardless because they're home and they play well at home, so be it. And if they win, it's going to further justify what you're saying is, oh, well, they were it was this way from the beginning. But if they lose, it doesn't knock down what you're believing in any way. And they lose game sixes all the time. I mean, game series don't go seven, and it doesn't seem to knock down the, the thought that, oh, this was meant to be this way. Um, and that, that's my kind of my problem with this argument, right? It's only a one-side argument because the series should go seven because these teams are pretty well balanced there. They play tough against each other, and, and the home field advantage just kind of dictate who's going to win each game. Uh, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I certainly, like I said last night, was hard to swallow, but there's just no way I, I'm going to be convinced that the NBA has a vested stake in making sure Golden State won game five here. So for me, it just seems like – and. Hockey hockey probably is the closest to it just because there are distinct advantages to being at home, <clears throat> basically having last shift change and having, uh, you know, your, your bench be close to your goal uh, at the end of the game. But there is no distinct reason that home field, advantage, home court advantage should exist. It doesn't really exist that much anymore in the NFL. It doesn't exist in Major League Baseball really that much. Why Why is home court so big in the NBA other than theoretically, I think the referees tend to have sided calls because of the crowd being there. Because to me, again, even home ice in in hockey, it matters to me because there are distinct advantages to it. But basketball, to me, I don't see it other than the fact that I believe that there are things that are controlled about basketball. Well, I do agree with that point. I think baseball has the biggest home field advantage. Getting the last at bat, I think, is 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 the best advantage you can have. Um, and, and I don't think home field advantage should have a hugely distinct advantage, uh, other than the to. fact you get it used to a long time ago in all the sports. Well, I mean, we saw it in the bubble with the NBA, right? So like, the teams playing like you know, quote unquote, at home with no fans didn't really seem to matter, right? The NBA's home field advantage went away a bit when there was no fans in the arena, but. Um, I don't know. I, in the end, I think crowd noise and momentum still matter and having crowd noise and having that stuff does help a little. I don't think it helps a ton, but it does help a little. I also think people get used to a routine and if they play home half the games, that's a routine they're into on the road. There isn't much of a routine, right? You're in a different place. He did it again. No, you're doing different things. You're sleeping in different beds. You're does add to the advantage, but all these things are very small. Um, but teams do tend to play better at home. I mean, home records are usually much better than road records almost universally. Well, I will give you my lock. It is Boston in game six. Enjoy it. Take it. Run with it. Buy yourself a steak dinner. <laughs> well, let's go to this. Let's just give the commercial here. Top five teams in baseball. I hope you guys have your list ready. I know I do. Yeah, I'm ready. Sammy, would you like to go first here? Yeah, I'll pull mine up. All right. I will uh, – hold on one second. All right. Uh, so staying at number – I'm going to go from one to five because uh, I think the top four are pretty much set in stone uh, every week for me, mm. it seems like. Uh, number one on this list for the second straight week is the New York Yankees. Not only are they 9-1 and one in their last 10, not only are they the best record in baseball – but the the AL East is one of the toughest divisions in baseball, and they are absolutely throttling it. Uh, to put this in perspective, the three wild cards are all from the AL East, and the Yankees have the best record in baseball. So I give them a ton of credit. They deserve to be number one. Uh, staying on top, uh, and with this theme, the New York Mets, number two for the second straight week. 
the NL East is absolutely surging. They every every team in that division won their series over the last weekend, and the Braves are 12 for 12 in their 12 for 12 in their last 12. So uh, that that division again very difficult, and the Mets are are beating it up pretty well. Uh, number three remains the Los Angeles Dodgers, although being swept by the Giants definitely hurts their chances. Biggest run differential in the league, still the most talented team in the league, and still the odds on favorite to win the World Series, uh, at least represent the NL in the World Series. Number four, still the trash can beating Houston Astros. They, they've done they've done it consistently all year long, continually being top five record, winning games both at home and on the road. Uh, it's hard to knock them down when they don't really do anything to get knocked down. And then entering my top five for the first time all season, I've been fighting between you know, quite a few teams, but this is a team that kind of came out of nowhere, and that is the Atlanta Braves. The Braves have a Cy Young candidate in Max Fried. They have a MVP candidate in Acuna, uh, and this team is absolutely surging. I know they lost uh, Ozzy Albies this week, but uh, they still they still are playing excellent baseball, and they have jumped a couple of teams I had ahead of them to make my top five for the first time. Acuna Matata. <laughs> For the rest, okay. So I have I want to give a, a shout out here for those that have seen me on Twitter and even the AM Tribe on Twitter. I've had quarrelings with Ian McQuist. We did it again last night over Steph Curry. And Ian McQuist um went to a Braves game where they hit a grand slam and he actually was on TV smiling and just cheesed by oh a grand slam. So I want to give a shout out to him because I've never the game that I went to years ago was ch- was trash in the old stadium. My nose because it was awful. He was like right there in center field. So shout out to him because you mentioned the Braves there with 12 straight wins. <laughs> he, he then went to go see Tears for Fears. Lucky bastard. Oh, Jesus, what? Tears for Fears? That's They're a still good alive? band. <laughs> They're still alive. <laughs> oh, shut up. Okay. Um, let's, Eric, can I go next? Absolutely. After that Tears for Fears comment. <laughs> Oh, come on. You need to, okay. I don't even know Tears for Fear. That's an old band. I'm not listening to 80s, 90s rock, 70s, 80s, 90s rock. Fair enough. Touche. Um, so the top five, I want to first say the team that's out is those trash can banging bastards because they're now four and six in their last ten, and I cannot give them credit for that if they're slumping right now. So number five. The first week in my top five, I believe, yeah, they are. I'm giving respect to the fathers, the Padres. They're 21 and 11 on the road. I know the Astros have a great, have the best road record, I believe. They have a plus 51 run differential, and you know that's a big thing for me because they're not just beating you; they're blasting you. And they're seven and three in their last ten. So Padres enter the chat for the first time in nine weeks. Number four for the fifth straight week. The Cardinals are still up there. They still have a great run differential. Don't really know why I have them up there at this point. They're just up there, so good job for the Cardinals. Number three, Dodgers, but they're skating on thin ice. I know they have the the run differential thing going. I know they've got nine straight weeks in the top five, but being swept by the Giants was a problem for me. I bragged about this team's batting average. I like the whole roster. Um, Actually, the, the first part, like the first three or four guys were – Batting on their minds like the next five are trash. But, listen, Dodgers got good pitching. This should be a favorite. And being swept with the Giants was kind of annoying to me. Number two, 
nine streamers in the top five before you have a top spot or those lovable Glenn Kaplan, New York Mets. And number two and number one, for the second time in nine weeks, they're back to number one, the Yankees. <clears throat> so congratulations to the Yankees. They blast the Cubs. Not that that's a flex at this point, but great job of the Yankees. They, they've got the entire lineup that's just batting out of their minds right now. So, yeah, Yankees are my number one right now. How the Yankees have been out of anyone's number one spot the last month is just insane. Um, I had the sickness <clears throat> with the Mets. I mean, I don't understand this whole love for the Mets. It's still June. Let's calm down. I know DeGrom's coming back, but it's it's all about, uh, you know, historical trends. And so far, they have been the ones that fade right about, oh, the end of this month. But uh, I'll oh. go ahead with my top five MLB here. And, and the number one is obviously the Yankees. I mean, they are as painful as, as it is for me to say this every single week. They are the best team, head and shoulders, best you know, the pitching is really, really where I'm going to see if they can hold up, you know, stand the test of time here in this this season. Yep. Uh, Garrett Cole is just the Jekyll and Hyde of standing on that mound right now. So we'll see what all that's about. Dodgers for me, you know, okay, yeah, there's a June sweep by the Giants, another quality team, a top 10 team. I'm not going to put too much emphasis or stock in that one right now. They still have, to me, one of the best rosters, probably the best roster in the NL. So Dodgers number two for me, I'll still keep the Mets number three. And the crazy thing is, is even as good as the Mets are doing or as, as, as hype as you want to put them, they're still five games back of those Yankees. So uh, that's even more where you should be number one. Number four for me entering the chat. Um, I have a prop bet with a buddy. Looks like I'm going to lose this bet here, but uh, I'm okay with that. The Padres entering here, they're firing on all cylinders, and they're going to get Tatis back uh, very soon as well here. Ooh. So. Um, and then number five for me, I had a toss-up between Houston. I thought about Tampa. The Twins were in my top five, uh, although they're not playing as great as they were before. They still were garnering some consideration. But for me, it's the Blue Jays. Mm. Uh, you know, all the young kids here, they're not so great at home, but they're – they're uh, excuse me, they're not so great on the road, but their home right. record is, is incredible. Uh, and to me, they're a fun team to watch. And, of course, Vladdy Guerrero – uh, is basically a mirror image of his dad. I saw a stat. I don't remember the stat right off the top of my head, but through his first 400 games or whatever it is, he has literally the exact same stats in terms of home runs, batting average, on-base percentage, like to the number of Vlad Guerrero Sr. Wow. And it's just one of those fun stats to say, man, you know, and, and I don't know how much you watched him, Mike, but I know, Sammy, Vlad Guerrero Sr. was one of the most fun players to watch, especially when he set, set up to the plate. Never struck out. Never struck out. Got a good batting stance too. He hit yeah. a home run off a, off a ball that hit off the a dirt. ball on the ground. Yeah, a ball hit the ground and he hit a home run. It's ins <laughs> it's insane. Had one of the best arms I've ever seen too from the outfield. But uh, yeah, the Blue Jays make my uh, round out here in the in the top five here at number five. Fair the Blue enough. Jays have all of the kids, right? They have Biggio's kid. They have uh, Guriel's nephew. They have like every MLB Bichette, player is like too, kin. Right? What? Yeah, Boba. I think Boba Shett's on that team too. Yeah, yeah Boba Shett's on that team. Just every if you've been in the MLB, your kid is on the Blue Jays at this point. <laughs> yep, that's awesome. Pretty much. So I guess you see Guerrero. It's like father, like son. <laughs> oh, well, he he almost became the first father son Tim to win MVP, but then uh, you know that guy Otani, I guess, won it. So <laughs> I think Simi made a great point. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole about Otani. He didn't have great batting numbers. He didn't have great pitching numbers, but he still won it. That basically means he should win it every single year. 
He's going to win every year. There's no Vlad Guerrero had such a great year last year and didn't eclipse him. Even if Otani is not, if he's ninety percent of that this year, he's going to win it again. I mean, nobody else does what he does, so he's just auto winning the MVP. But fatigue, fatigue will set in. It's the same thing I've said for years that for probably a fifteen-year period, LeBron James should have been MVP. But the problem is That's fatigue up. sets in. You got to give it to everybody. So uh, he may win another one here, depending on the thing is is. I think the big thing is if your team's not making the playoffs, yeah, you got the one, but I don't think you're going to get two in a row if you can't lead your team to the playoffs. I mean, that's fair. I hope you're right. I I, I really hated the precedent of giving it to Otani last year, although I think Otani is an amazing player. He absolutely uh, is. But Yeah, just it, it's hard It's hard for me for a team that finishes kind of towards the bottom of their division and their player isn't good at – he wasn't a great batter or a great pitcher. Right. To give he him he the didn't MVP. do anything – yeah, he wouldn't have won an MVP or a Cy Young if he did one one or the other, you know? Yeah, he wouldn't even be in the conversation in either one. I mean, he wasn't good enough either. I agree. So, but he'll probably win again this year. But, but he has to, to uh, be, by the letter of the law, he has to be a valuable player in that spot. Right, and how much value are you if you're finishing kind of at the bottom of your division, right? Gosh. 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 Just, just to piggyback off of your, your tears for fears before we go to commercial – Everybody wants to rule the world, Mike. Everybody. Everybody wants to rule the world. Okay. So, so was that their best song or was it Shout? That's a good song. That's a good song. Let it all shout. out. These Let are the things out. I can do. Yes. I'm, not partici- I'm not participating in karaoke with you guys. <laughs> Come on. I'm talking to you. To you. Come on, Sammy. <laughs> All right. That's great. That's a that's all. That's the only two songs I know from them. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, be a short so, concert for me. <laughs> right. So let's get to this. Well, first of all, if you want the best merchandise from every league, you've got to go to mycanonjob.com and do what? Click, click the, the F. F. Yes. Love hearing it. When you click the Fanatics logo, the entire store is at your disposal. You can even get to open. Did you make it? I did not. Oh, you're like Steph Curry last night. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chef Curry with the pot. Bazinga. <laughs> so if you want that and also daily deals, like today's offer is free shipping over $24, you got to go to MikeAndRewJob.com, click the Fanatics logo, and for that, we grass the ass. Okay. Thank you, Aaron. I want to get to one more thing before I, – I, Aaron, are you staying too, or no? Uh, no, I'll, I'll be joining. I'll be jumping off at the thirty mark. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get you guys both take both your takes on this. Tyree Kill, remember before he said Chua is very accurate. Well, he doubled down on this whole thing and said Chua is now more accurate than Mahomes. He said, "Rocket arm, sure, it's Mahomes. Accuracy, I'm going with Chua." First of all, do you believe that was a BS? That's the first question. So, I mean, for me, it, oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. I think it's complete BS, but I think you have to do that, right? If you're if you're going to be a player on this team, you have to hype up your guy, right? You want to get the ball. You want to be the star. Tua has the ball in his hand every play. You want to at least throw the guy some, you know, some favorable some favorable words to make him feel like, yeah, this, this guy can compete, right? So, I mean, I, I have no problem with him boosting his ego, uh, but it's it's a ludicrous statement. And I didn't mean to cut you off. Believe it or BS? No, I, I think it's BS all day, and I think it's attention-seeking. And I'm not quite sure what the reason for 
doubling down on it is at this point because, okay, you said what you said. No one believes you. Sammy said, you know, I, I get why you have to say what you have to say, but let's not let's not go ahead and throw all this shade on what many believe is still the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, obviously that's a subjective take, but uh, he can definitely be argued. Tua Tungabalea is not even being sniffed as a mention of the best quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, you got your money, you got your change of scenery. Like, what is the point of this? I know it's the diva mentality. And let's, let's be honest. We haven't really put too much stock in Tyreek Hill, the person in his career uh, for all the things he's done on and off the field. Um, But to me, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, this might be a, a, a stupid thing to say, but I think he's a complete and utter idiot for continuing to double down on this. Like, he is just not a smart person. He is stupid for saying this. I the, love this team. This, this, these quotes won't age well. I mean, all year long, every overthrow that Tua has now is going to be a meme about the about the accuracy of Tua versus Mahomes. It just, it just doesn't shape out well for, for Tua or for Tyreek. Uh, you know, it, these are the type of words that people will use against you all season long. I think that uh, in, in taking a play, page out of the hockey playbook, anywhere that the Dolphins go, uh, the, the crowd should scream Patrick's better. Patrick's better! <laughs> I think it's it's a no-brainer, especially, I don't know the schedule, but if, if, if the Dolphins visit Arrowhead this year, oh, he is, it's on. Um, so here's a good thing. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the way he said this, because I didn't get the exact quote, but he basically said, you know, in, Talking about in Kansas City, he wanted to get credit too, and then he kind of implied that Mahomes was the one who got the credit, and Tyreek Hill felt like he really didn't get any. What is your take? I mean, he like he's he's taking his money, he's running, but he's also leaving a trail of crap on his way out. He's pulling the uh, page out of the Antonio Brown playbook mm. right now, and it's it's very not flattering. Mm. So it seems like NFL you know, players. It seems like NFL players go through a progression where first they want to win a championship, right? So they want to align themselves with a quarterback and a defense and a coach so they can win a championship. And once they win a championship, now they want to get paid and they want all the attention. They want all of the recognition. So Tyreek Hill is basically doing what every great receiver who's moved around has done before him, right? He won a championship and now he wants money and he wants recognition. He wants fame and he wants people to talk about him. And, you know, unfortunately – that doesn't usually work well for people's legacies. Uh, he'll get paid, and he did get paid, but I don't think he's winning another championship. I don't think he's even going to see the playoffs again. I mean, it's it's unfortunate mm. for a great talent like him. So, yeah, enjoy all that credit while you're sitting there watching Mahomes win, uh, win another Super Bowl. Ooh, good job. Yeah, I mean, the only – if you want to go with numbers and stats, I mean, Tua Tagovailoa was theoretically the most accurate passer on on passes attempted 25 yards or more. He was 50% on his passes, but he threw the second fewest of any quarterback. He actually threw 61 behind Patrick Mahomes in terms of the most passes downfield. Because we know, I mean, who was Patrick Mahomes throwing it to 25 yards or more down the field? Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, let's let's be honest. Is Tua Tungvalea going to even be able to get the ball down the field uh, with great frequency like Patrick Mahomes did last year and, and in the subsequent years before that? Like, and on top of that, who do you think's a, a more viable option to take away Tyreek Hill's targets? Now, that's not a knock on Travis Kelsey, but Jalen Waddle is the same version of, of Tyreek Hill. I mean, if Jalen Waddle, if Tyreek Hill can find a way to create separation and get open, why can't, or if Tyreek Hill can find a way to get open, why can't Jalen Waddle 
find that exact same separation in this offense. So, I mean, let's not let's not pretend like, you know, Tyreek Hill is not fighting for balls with another top flight weapon in an offense here. So, I mean, like you said, you got your money, you got your ring, shut up and play ball. I don't care, but like, it's just, this is just such an awful take. Like, why do you keep doubling down on something that's clearly wrong? You said what you said. We all defended the fact that you were hyping up your new teammate, but it almost feels like you're putting undue pressure on said new teammate now. Now this guy, Tungavalea, which has proven to be nowhere close to Patrick Mahomes, now has to live up to this. It almost seems like you're you're having a reverse effect on yourself here. That's a great point. That is a great point. You're putting more pressure on Tua here. Uh, and look, their offense is stacked, just like Kansas City's offense is stacked. It's not like it's about – they have Gazeki as, as tight end. You mentioned Waddle. I mean, if Tua is an accurate quarterback, they do have a very decent offense. I, mm-hmm. I just don't think I just don't think they're good enough to compete. I, Buffalo is far the best team in that division, and yeah, I mean Miami needs to prove it to me because they've never shown any propensity to be a good team with Tua as, as quarterback. So far, I agree. I agree. Well, doing your top five boys, good talk about the NBA and the NFL. Um, when I come back, I'm talking about Steph Curry, the greatest point guard ever. That's been thrown around the books. I wish you guys would stay for that, but obviously you can. So bye, Sammy, and bye, Aaron. Have a good one, and I'll see you both tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Woo! Take care, my friends. All right, bye, guys. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies. $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the Vice Golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a Pro Plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. If you host a podcast or run a small business, it can be hard spreading the word, we'll be the first to admit. Friends want to check it out, but they might not. So it's time to help them and yourself and grow your brand with Popple, P-O-P-L. 
Popple is an easy-to-use, high-tech digital business card. You can get your Popple using the code AMDRIVE in all caps for 20% off your order. Set up your links and share. Don't worry. People you share it with will not even need a Popple or the Popple app. So when you get your Popple and keychain, pop socket, even credit card form, enter the code AMDRIVE in all caps for 20% off your order on popl.co. I want to get into this now. The legacy of Steph Curry. You know we're big legacy guys here on this AM Drive. Though it's been thrown around that Steph Curry is a top 10 player of all time. He might even be the best point guard to ever live. So what is my take on that? Well, it's interesting because I think people need to put this into perspective when they look at this take. Just like LeBron James, is he a small forward? Is he a point guard? Considering he runs the offense. Is Steph Curry really a point guard? If last night him getting eight assists is an anomaly, or is he more of a shooting guard? Also, what do you want your point guards to do? You want them to run the offense, or do you want them to score a bunch like John Morant and Steph Curry? Or do you want a Chris Paul type of deal? Who knows? So it's really up to the eye of the beholder. That's why I'm kind of getting away from this whole position, who's the best at this position, because really we should be comparing who's the best just in general. I know the disconnect might come between Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry. How do you rank those guys? Well, again, it's what your cup of tea is like. And I'm not going to harp on your cup of tea. Just don't tell me that if you use my argument, that Steph Curry is better than Magic Johnson, because to me he's not. And that's where I draw the line. If your argument is, well, Steph Curry, you know, he takes over games, fantastic. You can have him all you want to. But if I'm building an all-time roster, I don't want that. Why? Because eventually you might have nights where you go 0 for 9 from 3. And to me, the best shooter to ever play the game should never have those nights in the biggest game of his career. It just can't happen. And don't tell me, well, they won. I don't care. You're a liability to your team if you went 0 for 9 from 3 and shot 7 of 22. Most guys would get run out of the league if they do all that. Because Steph Curry, we give him credit. And I don't like that. I know he was a plus 15, but even that status kind of skewed sometimes to who you're playing with. I do believe Steph Curry is an all-time great player. He might be the best shooter ever. But for me, I would not want him as a point guard on my all-time team. I would prefer a guy like Magic Johnson or even, dare I say, Chris Paul. I'm sorry. People are like, oh, well, Chris Paul couldn't be Steph Curry. Chris Paul was not the reason they lost. Okay, James Harden choked him, himself to death. It's okay to admit your, your, your narrative when it fits, but don't tell me I have to say as a, I want to pass first point guard, it has to be Steph Curry. No, it does not. I want a floor general. And call me old school. I don't care. I'm perfectly fine with you. If you think Steph Curry is the best point guard ever, as long as you're using your own metrics and not my metrics. Even the GOAT debate is kind of annoying sometimes. Like, you you hear about, like, well, you know, Michael Jordan, he's an assassin. 
okay, well, LeBron James can be an assassin and also make the best play. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with taking the bigger freak of nature in LeBron James. But if you want the guy who has to take the last shot no matter what, you can have Michael Jordan. But that crap airballs and clanks don't come crying to me when my guy passed it to an open three-pointer for a splashdown. Sorry. Tomorrow is hump day, and I cannot wait for that show. We'll obviously preview game one of the Stanley Cup final. We've already made our predictions. Me, myself, and Aaron believe Tampa Bay in five or less. Sammy is sticking with his guns, going with Colorado in seven, which means he might be a little bit on edge or on ice, if you will. We'll also have more topics for you once again. Thanks so much for tuning in. Do not forget Lacrosse Thursday. I'm going to try to have two guests on the show. I really hope they're able to come on. If not, it's cool. Don't stress it. And, of course, Friday, Fantasy Draft. We are having a greatest athletes of all time draft. We're talking Michael Phelps, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tom Brady. Will he make the list? He might make someone's list. So please tune in, of course, for starting tomorrow. It's a hump day. And you know what that means. It's time for another hump day. Love it. So for Sammy Action and Aaron Crouch, I am Michael Carvelis saying thanks. Follow us at AM Drive TV. Hit the subscribe button if you like the sports talk. And as always, drive safe, won't you? You guys have a great rest of your day. Bye.